When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. I started sweating profusely on, on my couch. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Like I said, throughout this whole process, um, rumors are spread, uh, but my wife Jordan and I, we knew all along we were going to end up back here. Um, like I said, Rob and, and my agents worked long hours to to make sure that there was a way to get this done and I'm excited it's behind me. The number sides obviously speak for itself. You know, I, I've lowered the cap number and now we have wiggle room throughout the course of the season which obviously everyone knows is necessary. So um, I'm glad that worked out as well. Kyle Rudolph the drama has come to an end. He will not be playing for the Patriots, at least not at least not uh, before the trade deadline. He probably won't be playing for the Patriots. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And Judd is fresh off of day one of the three-day mandatory minicamp. Nothing like it, is there? There's nothing like There's nothing like a little minicamp. Did they run you through all the tests today? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I'm in did, fantastic shape. Did Good. you wear shorts as short as Stefan Diggs shorts were today? Did you guys no. see Stefan Diggs shorts today? I didn't, but when did short shorts become a thing again, man? They're, thought, they're definitely back. I thought we left that in the 80s. I thought that was a thing we had left in our past. Well, you you guys know John Stockton's shorts, obviously. Yeah. Uh, subtract <laughs> well, those. I don't know by, him too well. Just like cut cut those in half, and that's what, what? Stefan Diggs was wearing at practice there today. Is no half, there is no, no half there with John Stockton's shorts. So the Fab Five started the long shorts, right? Yeah. Pre Fab Five. Yeah. Michael Jordan is kind of credited in the NBA with longer shorts, but it was so it's been a long Jalen Rose and Chris Webber. It's would been talk. a long time. Though. Yeah, and so now are we going to even shorter shorts than than you know if I think NBA circa nineteen eighty five or so? Oh my god! Here, Phil just him. showed it to me. Like I stood right by him today. I never looked down at his shorts. I guess what that's... in the hell? Is he on a dance line? Is he one of the Rockettes? What it, is going on? It here? looks like his jersey is a skirt. Yes, you can't even see shorts. Oh, yeah, that's okay. I didn't even look at that, really. I'm I've... telling you right now, and I am not the most fashion-forward person in the world. I'm going to zoom in here. Hold I on. can confirm. Oh, there's some upper thigh tattoo there. But I absolutely... Re- I, re- I, I I try to stay with the trends. I refuse to go to A, skinny jeans, or B, short shorts. Well, you know what? No, no one's asking you. you sh- so yeah, come on. You popular. and I... I don't care how fashionable. Oh, how, how, how noble of you. No, I will not do it. Nobody on the show should ever do any of those things. People do say to me, like, your clothes are too baggy. You should wear more form-fitting clothes. You don't, you don't oh. want to see that, and I'm not doing it. Okay, I'll stop you right there. Who's saying that to you? People... 
People say that. This general people doesn't. Especially right after I lost all the weight. And you should go, okay, you should never, and and this goes for me too, and probably Phil, but this goes for the the two of us with our bodies. I'm going to take this as a compliment. We should never go with the skinny jeans. Baggy jeans aren't popular anymore, and I don't give a damn. I'm sticking with the baggy jeans. It's $200 for your skinny jeans and $500 for the jaws of life to get you out of them at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah. It's not worth it. And you got to lay down to put them on. And I don't even know where everything goes. Like, do you have to pick, like, left or right leg to, to stuff everything into? I don't even know, dude. Say that line again. Yeah. I don't know where everything goes. I don't goes. know where everything goes. Well, Stefan Diggs clearly does not have that problem. You Judging by practice he today. would. Good for that guy. And we should never wear short shorts, too. No. Like, would you ever? Uh, not to this extent, no. Like above the kneecap. How I'm short? In. How short would you go with your shorts? Above the kneecap. I wouldn't even go above the kneecap. Above the kneecap. It's got to touch kneecap. Any shorts I'm wearing, <laughs> barely above the kneecap. Have to touch okay. kneecap. I mean, Stefan Diggs is wearing socks that go above his knees, and there's still at least two feet of thigh showing. Is there a performance so thing? Is, it, is, it, is there a performance no. angle to this where no. you can yeah, run? He's dressed like the Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> a performance thing it's not like he wears them in games just wearing them in practice indoor practice today i don't know man i don't know was that observation no we're gonna gonna start the show observations i I stood so Diggs was last guy to speak at the um at the pseudo press conferences uh, today because it went zimmer spielman rudolph and then Diggs. i never even noticed the shorts were that short can i see that full disclosure I never even noticed that. Can I see the picture again? Yeah. Because I really, I li- can, let me just see your you phone. You want to touch my phone? Do you not mind me holding your phone? I was going to say, do you know what's up with that you phone? You mind more oh, than I do. Oh, no. This has been in a bathroom. <laughs> oh, man. Do we have sanitizer in here? <laughs> yeah, there's like no shorts. I just I just zoomed in. I just did the old pinch and pull, and there are no shorts. There are no shorts. Never say pinch and pull when referring to stuff on Dick Short Shorts ever again. That was... That was on purpose, Rami. That was no. uncalled for. Me? No. Come so, on. Is that part of the act? <laughs> is that part of the act, the pension poll? Anyhow. Line? Yeah, Kyle, Phil. Let's, you want to get this back on track? Let's, yeah, let's, let's get into Judd's non-Stefan Diggs short shorts mini camp okay. observations from today. Can we start with something Kyle Rudolph related? He signed a contract. Yeah, so he uh, he tweeted last night a big thank you to the fact that he's going to stay here now, which was an obvious indication that his contract uh, restructure, I guess, say, uh, I guess I could say is fair. Uh, our guy, Tom Pelissero reports that, and this is the most important thing if you're a Viking fan, because the contract is four years, $36 million extension, but it's actually, I think the guaranteed cash from this deal now will cover a two-year period. So it's essentially a two-year yeah. deal. He had one year left on his current contract, so I see this basically as a year extension, which gives him some guarantees, which he did not have. But the most important thing, if you're a Viking fan, according to Pelissero, is it clears about $4 million in 2019 cap space. And so now... Is that for like just emergency purposes? Well, when you do... When the season starts, everything, including your practice squad, counts against your cap. So they didn't even have So they didn't have like, enough. Okay. I, in fact, I've got it right here. They went into Monday, before this got done, $611,926 in cap room. And that's before that was that's all, before practice squad. Exactly. Yes. And those guys that's make over a hundred grand a year. So, so they are. Like, hey, yeah. Okay. Yes. So now they they have enough room to potentially operate if they need to sign a player on the cheap. But they went into Monday essentially without enough 
money to cover the 53-man roster plus practice squad once the season began. Okay, here's my... Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm more optimistic. Well, I'm more optimistic in general than, than you are. We've established that over five years of doing I'd shows together. Say that's fair. And I'm probably more optimistic about the Vikings in general this season because we put out our record predictions. I think I had 11-5. and five. So I'm, I'm coming at this from an optimistic and bullish point of view. I do think the Vikings are going to bounce back from a, a, just a a below-par season last year. That being said, this Kyle Rudolph contract signifies the last puzzle piece to a team that's returning almost everyone from last year, a non-playoff team last year. I mean, they're they're all in age-wise. They're all in contractually with large chunks of their roster on 2019 and maybe 2020. Maybe. But even then, like, some of these guys that are under contract... More so 19. 2019 is the all-in year. I'm with you on what you're saying. Yes, you're right. And I think my biggest concern here is I don't know if you're all-in and and it's a Super Bowl window and you're all-in for a Super Bowl. I don't know if this is a Super Bowl roster. Two years ago, I thought it was a Super Bowl roster. Last year going into the year, I thought it was a Super Bowl roster. And then things got wonky. They fired an offensive coordinator, What's changed your mind? Coaching. Well, I'm saying what could change my mind. I'm coming from the standpoint of... What's changed your mind right now about saying you don't have age. that feeling. I mean, age sure. and watching them not make the playoffs last year. And the only thing that can change my mind, or I, so I guess I'm on the fence about whether this is a Super Bowl roster. I'm concerned that it's that it's not. And I guess the thing that would put it over the edge is Kirk Cousins getting better or the offensive coaching putting Kirk Cousins and company over the top. But they're putting a lot of chips on the 2019 table, and that's a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And it's just... But I don't know what the alternative was. The alternative was blow it up. Like It, it wasn't like there were six guys they could just swap out for in free agency. So they kind of had two choices. That's what I was just going to say. Go all in this year or blow it up. And so you had to go all in and this year. And they can't year. blow you it up. You had one choice. Mm-hmm. You had to go all in. You made that choice when you signed Kirk Cousins to a fully guaranteed three-year contract. Three all-in off-seasons. With, with ve- and very short-sighted all-in off-seasons. Now, you couldn't go into year one of the Kirk Cousins era thinking about year two or year three. You couldn't go into year two of the Kirk Cousins era thinking about year three. Year one is about win now. Year two is about win now. And year three is about win now. They're, they they didn't have any option. I would have gone as far as to keep Kyle Rudolph on the one-year lame duck contract and let him walk next year for nothing and then figure it out because Kirk Cus- or excuse me, Kyle Rudolph makes your offense better. You're better with Kyle Rudolph than you would be had you cut him or traded him for draft picks. That sounds like a common sense thing to say, but that was a decision that you were left with. Once free agency had passed and you find yourself at this impasse with Kyle Rudolph, who wanted a new contract, it was either bring him in on the one year and let him walk next year for nothing or figure out some sort of extension, and they chose the latter. But from a cap standpoint, something had to give here. So basically they went to Kyle and said... You're going into the the last year of your, your contract. You have right now at this point, pre this contract, no guaranteed cash coming. We need you to be the guy to to fall on the sword here. And I think Kyle said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! I got to get something here." And so, so the dance that's been going on for what now, Phil? A month and a half, two months. Well, publicly has basically been longer than that. Has basically been. I think the Vikings came to him and said, "Here's a really good deal for us." And Kyle said, "Well, wait, you, you still need me with the way that your offense is going to run. If Irv Smith is your guy, that could potentially be a problem." And so this wasn't about 
about hanging on to him for 2019. This was about they had to get somebody to to restructure their contract. And, and this ultimately, as it often does in this league, comes out in the Vikings' favor. But Kyle is still well compensated. But the most important thing, and, and we've lost sight of this, I think because of Cousins, and admittedly the contract is huge, and so that changes how we think. But what we've lost sight of is, and this might be, completely flawed right now this team and being all in is still built defense offense cousins was signed to help cousins was signed because the feeling in the building in egan was that he was an improvement on keenum but cousins was never signed to be the savior per se because the savior is zimmer and his defense and that hasn't changed. Yeah, the cousins cousins bet was a hedge, yeah. right? Yes, the cousins bet was a hedge on the downside of Case Keenum. But they never said. <laughs> I don't think privately, um, Rogers, Goff, Rams, Mahomes, Chiefs, Cousins is our guy to do that. No, they said we trust you more than Case Keenum. But this was still built defense first, and and until Zimmer is shown the door or leaves. This team will be that way. And and now the the question here is okay, they've they've got the band back together and now you have to to take a non-playoff team from last year and tack an extra let's say 3 wins onto it and playoff success. Otherwise it's I think they would even agree it's a failed season. I mean, you're not you're not doing this, you're not bringing the same guys back and you're not paying Kirk Cousins 29 million dollars to the cap in order to miss the playoffs or to get bounced in the first round. You're, you're putting this together to win a Super Bowl or to get to a Super Bowl. And I see three major ways that they could, it's like three categories of ways in which they could take those steps. Because category one would have been just, we'll get new players. Well, they, they didn't. But category two, which is now my category one because they didn't get new players, is rookie impact, all right? Uh, maybe you've got better depth along the offensive line now because of your... First round draft pick, Garrett Bradbury. Maybe you've got maybe Irv Smith becomes a guy who catches twenty passes or whatever. Like maybe he catches three touchdowns in the red zone or something. So rookie impact could take this team to another level. Cousins getting better against good teams and in prime time, which he's he's never been good in prime time. And it's beyond the point of small sample size. Can Kirk Cousins be five hundred in prime time and or against winning teams? Instead of like what's his record in prime time? Four and thirteen or something up, yeah, aggressive? It's, it's terrible. And then the third, the third thing would be new offensive scheme raises the whole water level. Like those are the three ways in which they go from non-playoffs to eleven wins, twelve wins, and or a deep run. Yeah, and so it's going to take improvement from within. That's that's what you're left with because there weren't big free agents added to this team. There weren't major draft picks added to this team at skill positions. You hope that the offensive line is better and Bradbury. Is part of that, but you're looking, you're, and that's what the Gary Kubiak hire was about. You're looking to get better from within. You're looking to take the guys who you already have here and get something out of them that you weren't getting out of them previous. Yeah. My question comes back to this: In 2019, can can what the Vikings are banking on here win you a Super Bowl? Can the defense? So in in an in an era where at least during the course of the season. It's geared towards offense. Can what the Vikings are banking on, and let's say it goes great. Let's say that Kubiak is Shermer, and so things that doesn't make the offense unbelievably good, but it makes it productive. So if everything goes right, 
Can the formula that the Vikings have picked, which which got you to the conference title game in 2017, can it win you a Super Bowl in 2019? It can with an asterisk, because the other part to what you're saying is with an average quarterback. Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback, right? I mean, like if and we can do this sometime this week. If we ranked all 32 quarterbacks, he's not in the he's top 10. He's outside the top 10, yes. So if he's outside the top 10, he's between 10 and but 20, so he's an average quarterback. But you're talking about, and accurately so if all goes well, propping him up. Ideally, but let's let's just say defensive approach, average quarterback. How many times has that won a Super Bowl in our lifetimes? A handful. It has. It has. Yeah. You could argue the Denver Broncos most recently with old Peyton Manning. Yeah. And Brock Osweiler for six games in the regular he season. He could turn his head like 30 degrees in either direction. Like he <laughs> But wasn't. he could still yell Omaha very yeah, loudly. Exactly. Yes. That won a Almost. Super Bowl. Eli Manning twice was... Now you could argue that playoff Eli Manning was was above average, but like Joe Flacco was. Yep, Joe Flacco. So he was great in that postseason. He was never franchise QB. Not Joe even Flacco. Fl- not e- no, Eli Manning and Joe Flacco. Neither of them were ever a franchise but, QB. But they succeeded at a time when the pressure was on sure. most to impress you. Yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers with with league average Brad Johnson. Yep, and actually Baltimore Ravens with below average Trent, Trent Dilfer. Dilfer. But so, that was one of the greatest defenses. In the history of the game. And that's that what I'm getting Ravens at. defense. The answer is yes, if you have the best defense in the NFL. Right. Or which, the best or the best pass rush in the NFL. Which the Vikings thought they were adding Kirk Cousins to. Mm-hmm. That's what that's and that's so that's why I keep coming back to this point that everybody's looking at Kirk Cousins as the savior because A, he plays the quarterback position, and B, he got a three year fully guaranteed contract at twenty nine million a year. But if you if you put that stuff aside, those are just storylines, and you look at this from a just a purely football standpoint, what the Vikings thought they were doing was getting better at quarterback, but adding that to a Super Bowl ready defense. And then that defense took a pretty significant step back the following year, so much so that Kirk Cousins, putting up Kirk Cousins' numbers, when you look at Kirk Cousins' numbers from last year and his career, I know he didn't show up in big situations. Collar talks all the time about his inaccuracy on third down. Not to say that those aren't valid criticisms of the guy, but you you got pretty much what you should have expected from Kirk Cousins last year, and had you added that, to the defense that we saw in 2017, that might have been good enough. The thing that really hurt the Vikings last year and stopped them from going to that next level was the step back the defense took. It wasn't Kirk Cousins. It was the step back your defense took. So if you're going to get back to where you were when you added Cousins, it's incumbent on the defense to get back to playing at that level. Football. Thank you. I feel good. We've been talking so it's much June. baseball. It's June, and we're just that was amazing football. We haven't done that in a while on the show. After we talked short shorts for five, yeah. six minutes. <laughs> well, that wasn't our fault. That was Stefan Diggs' fault. I put a poll out, by the way. At Robbie is tweeting. You have four <laughs> options on how do you wear your shorts. There's a uh, below the knee. At the knee, just above the knee, I show some thighs. Yeah. <laughs> those are, those, those How are. quickly did Stefan Diggs race to that poll? <laughs> To vote, I show some thigh. Already that. 64 votes, and uh, 50% of the people saying just above the knee. Just above the knee. Just above the knee. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm an at the knee or below the knee guy, and I don't care how out of fashion that is. I really do not care. I, I feel like my shorts make it to the knee. I don't know. They don't go below, though. 5% are showing a little thigh. Just a little thigh. Just a little Not thigh. Not Stefan Diggs thigh. Just well, I worded it, I show some thigh. Okay. So I don't clarify how much thigh. That could be anywhere. Just a quick question. <laughs> are, are baggy clothes um, 
a, a trend of sorts or a lifestyle choice? Because like nobody it's would become, ever, it's become a lifestyle choice in 2019 because they're not they're not really trend. They were trendy. Yeah, like when I was in high school, everyone wore those Jinko jeans. Yeah, those were. Yeah. You guys remember those? Yeah. Oh, I remember those. Our guy Chuck Aoki's hanging out. Remember Jinko jeans? Here, let me uh, let me turn your mic. On here. <laughs> <laughs> they were like the jean. Yeah. The the back pocket went down to your calf, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah, weren't those terrible. They were hideous. They're actually, terrible. Right. Yeah. Here's here's my life. Um, so I used to be much fatter than I even am now. So I was, and I have crazy short legs. <laughs> I even am. So I would have to go to the store. This is why uh, Rami's on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have to go to the store and ask, you know, people who were working in said stores, do you have a uh, size 48 waist, 29 length pants? <laughs> Wait, so they're like, they're like, that? They're like, sir, so you're lo- you're looking for shorts. <laughs> 48 ways. Let me repeat that for you again, sir, because I know I just shocked you. A uh, guy working at Kohl's. Uh, size 48 waist, 29 length pants. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's what I need. So, of course, the answer was always, no, of course we don't have right. those. No human is those proportions. Um, so, so there's a specialty shop? My mom, and you couldn't find them at the big and tall store either because <laughs> apparently you have to be big and tall. It's not an either or thing there. So my mom, she sewed a little bit. She would alter my pants. But they were so wide at the top that the way they tapered, they were still so wide at the bottom. I was wearing Jankos whether I liked yeah. it or not. <laughs> Every pair of pants I had were Jankos. I had no choice. Rami was repping like like generic brand Jankos. <laughs> no, they were Levi's that looked like Jankos. Your mother's a saint. She, oh, that's amazing. she tried her best <laughs> in many ways. Can we come back to more Judd's camp observations at some point later on here in the Absolutely, hour? Absolutely, yeah. Because we're going to talk to Roy Smalley when we come back. On the Red Hot Minnesota Twins, the Bomba Squad is back home, and you can get your Bomba Soda t-shirts. That's right. We have Bomba Soda t-shirts available, three different kinds, on bombasoda.com. That's right. We also launched bombasoda.com. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North from the TCL Studios, where TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand, is giving you a great chance to see the Minnesota Lynx from a glorious TCL theater box at Target Centers. They take on the Las Vegas Aces this weekend here, June 16th. Uh, TCL theater boxes offer dramatic views and a VIP experience unlike any other. Five-star cuisine, a lounge area, oversized chairs. In fact, uh, Judd and I watched Carl Anthony Towns drop a 50-burger on the Atlanta Hawks from a TCL theater box one time. We also ate a bunch of our own burgers from the food spread that were in the TCL theater box. It was amazing. You can go to scorenorth.com and enter the keyword TCL for your chance to win that four-pack of tickets to see the links from the best place in the house inside Target. So if you're thinking about upgrading your TV or maybe adding a new one or looking for a gift idea for this weekend, TCL is the TV brand of choice at Score North here. Go to any major local retailer in the Twin Cities or go to TCLUSA.com. Roy Smalley will talk Twins next. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. And joining us now, as he does every Tuesday at this time, former twin, now part of the Fox North, Spot Fox Sports North, easy for me to say, broadcast of first place Twins baseball. It is Roy Smalley. Roy, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm uh, great. Just hoping we get a game uh, in tonight so we can watch the Twins pound the ball. 
That would be nice if this rain would let up and uh, let them get nine innings in tonight. Roy, we got our first uh, All-Star ballot update this week, and uh, a few twins in the mix. Jorge Polanco leading among shortstops and a couple other guys among the leaders at their position. In your opinion, how many twins, not that should make the All-Star game, but can make a valid case that they should be an All-Star in July? Well, certainly Polanco and, and uh, Rosario uh, come right to the top of the list, and it's it's great to see those guys getting the recognition. It's it's hard, especially early on, for uh, guys from Minnesota uh, to uh, uh, get as much uh, recognition. But um, you know, good for them that they, I mean they they just have forced their way uh, in. So that's you know that's that's great. I think um, that um, potentially. Uh, Nelson Cruz and uh, C.J. Crone, and I, and I believe that um, I, I, on the starting staff, I don't know how you could keep Barrios and uh, Odorizzi uh, off of there for what they've done. Hey, Roy, has Polanco surprised you? Because I, you know, I, I think we all assumed that he was a pretty good player, uh, but both at shortstop and especially, of course, at the plate, the the, uh, the dynamic fashion which with he has played so far, does that surprise you a little bit? Um, I, I have to. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn about uh, about my answer to that. The first, because for this reason, Judd, the first time uh, I ever saw him, he came up from a ball in Texas. I was doing the the broadcast with, uh, the, as the color analyst down there in. in Arlington, and they brought this kid up that they said yeah, really thought they had a chance to be a good player, and he was a good offensive player. And he walked up there, I'll never forget this, he was hitting left-handed, his first uh, big league at bat, um, he, he walked up there and uh, ripped the ball down the right field line for a triple, and, and I thought, just the way he went about that, there was no fear, there was no hesitation, there was no... Uh, this moment's too big for me. He he could just look like he knew he could hit. I mean, it was it, it, it's very simple. If you throw the ball in here, I'm going to hit it hard because that's what I've always done, kind of thing. He's he's been that kind of hitter, uh, I think, physically and mentally, uh, innately. He's got terrific hitting mechanics. You know, all all of those things. And we've seen when when he's had extended playing time, except for one. Uh, uh, really, really bad slump that he went into, you know, once in his career here in the big leagues. He's he's been a very solid uh, hitter. Hitter, uh, his performance has been based on solid things, is what I'm trying to say. I look at him, and, and I think he's he's got all the tools, uh, physically, mechanically, you know, mentally, all those things. Uh, what he's doing now, so so that it doesn't surprise me that he's capable of of being a you know, a top flight big league hitter. What he has done night in, night out against all different kind of pitching and pitches and counts and situations, uh, the fact that he just hasn't backed off once yet um, is, I, I, you, that can't, you can't help but be surprised by that. I mean, not many guys, you know, do that for this extended period of time. But I sure think he has it in him. Mackie and Judd with Rami here with uh, Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North. So it looks like the Twins have a nice little multi-year window. It looks like they've got, if they want it, you know, if they keep this core together, it looks like they've got maybe five or six years. But we know how tricky that can be in baseball where nothing's really guaranteed. So what would you say to the fact that the Twins have 
22 games over 500 uh, uh, record in the standings. They've got this nucleus. They've got this massive lead in the division. It it feels like they should just take every advantage possible to pounce this year, even knowing that the window might be five or six years. What would you say to that? I would, uh, <laughs> again, I'm going to uh, give you a, a, a very strong maybe on that. Um, <laughs> uh, and and uh, the reason I'm ambivalent about that, is it just depends on how you do it. I agree with you that they should pounce. You don't get that much opportunity. And with the way these guys can, can swing the bat, I think that everything reasonable uh, should be done to provide them enough uh, pitching help uh, down the stretch and into the into the playoffs to help them go a long ways. I, I, I really am, am in favor of that. You know what you say about five or six years. You know set up. They've got they signed Kepler and Polanco. That's great. They need to sign Rosario. They need to sign Barrios. Uh, they need to sign Buxton at some point in time. It's going to; those guys are going to are going to demand command an awful lot of uh, an awful lot of money, and uh, they have gone from in two or three years gone from not having much farm system to having terrific options coming up in the near future within the next year or two or three. So the one thing that they can't do is uh, take on a contract or trade. Uh, the wrong package of uh, uh, young players coming up that will continue this run, you know, for that five, six, eight years that you're that you're talking about. So that's why I, you know, I, I, it's just such a balancing act, and I and I think that's why uh, Kimbrel ultimately was not the uh, was not the answer, uh, and and mm-hmm. hopefully somebody else will be in terms of uh, a, a trade package that that keeps everything intact. And then and, and gives them a really and moves the club forward for this year and the next year or two at least. You brought up Kimbrel. Obviously, he's he's a Cub now and, and won't be joining the Twins. I've I've said a couple times since that deal went down, Roy, that I feel like there is some urgency to go and get a reliever as soon as you can because a you want your pick of the litter in terms of the relievers that are going to end up on the trade market, but also I just think that you want to lighten the load on some of the high leverage arms that you have in your bullpen right now. I, I feel like the longer you wait to make a deal, a you might be settling after other teams have their pick of relievers, but B, I think that we'll see the results of maybe overloading Taylor Rogers and Blake Parker and, and Ryan Harper this early in the season when we get to September and October if you don't go and get them some help right now. Yeah, all good points. And I think the uh and I think uh mostly uh mostly all true. I really don't know, you know, how much um you know as as they try to work through this how much they might you know the risk is of them uh, you know, getting left with slimmer pickings and and not not being able to really make the kind of move that would you know would make a big difference. But um, I I think that they did tip their hand. I think they made a bona fide effort for Kimbrel. What that tells all of us is that they uh, they see that they uh, that to go deep in the playoffs to be a, a a contending team, the caliber of the Yankees and the Astros and and, and those kinds of teams. Uh, that the bullpen needs to be a little stronger from the from the very back forward, and I, I think I think they've they've tipped their hand. I think they, that's they're thinking that, and uh, so hopefully that's that's going to happen. And Roy, do you know the guy that I want though? 
The guy that I want in this rotation, not the bullpen, I want Mad Bum, because I love the fact that he told Max Muncy to get his butt around the bases. If you're going to bat flip, which, by the way, I enjoy, I, lo- I love the competitive n- nature, and I think this plays in October with your teammates to say, you can bat flip, enjoy it, but get your butt around the bases. <laughs> Well, you know, I I won't disagree with that either. That would be a wonderful uh, addition, even if it's a rental player uh, for a run through the playoffs. And who knows, you might end up with uh, with a guy that uh, can pitch for you another two or three years. So I I wouldn't argue with that one either. Uh, yeah, we I so so that was an interesting incident too. In that, at first I thought ah, Matt Bumgarner is just being he's just being an old grizzled guy and. But no, Judd, you mean like me? You mean you mean like me? Just, saying. just like, just like Roy Smalley. But to Judd's point on yesterday's show, if so, so my problem is when pitchers throw at hitters who show them up, quote unquote. Because like, if I hit a home run off of you and I walk out of the batter's box, the punishment shouldn't be you throwing a rock at my chin. Uh, but if you, but if it's all just trash talk, I, I kind of like that. I'm, I'm with Judd, and I'll tell you, Roy, I'll tell you what. This, this might sound ridiculous, but the Twins have had some good teams over the last twenty years. The team that made it the furthest was the 2002 team that maybe wasn't the most talented, maybe wasn't the best across the board, but they seemed to have the the, the least amount of give a bleep, you know? Like they had that AJ Pierzynski DNA and I think I think the Twins could use some of that. Eddie Rosario brings some of that. Yeah, and and I'm I'm okay with however baseball wants to go. I mean, if if we really, I mean, it, it, we could make Don King the uh, commissioner of baseball, and we could, it, and we could just, you know, specialize in bat flips and trash talking and all that stuff. I mean, it, 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 whatever, I, I don't care. But here's the problem that you that that you run into, and Phil, you and I, I think, have talked about uh, about this before. It's a competitive, competitive uh, sport and game, and if uh, if. What we really want, if it's okay for the hitters to do all of that stuff, then it's got to be okay for the pitchers to, you know, if they strike out a guy in the, you know, in the, with the bases loaded in a big situation, then they, you know, they moonwalk down to the, you know, from the mound to the plate or something and, and show, you know, show the hitter up. Then are, is nobody supposed to care? Do we really not care about winning, uh, enough to have that not bother us? If we don't, that's okay, but I, uh, you know, the grizzled, you know, the grizzled guy here, and, and I don't like get, you know, I didn't like getting thrown at. I don't like our guys throwing anybody else. I think, I think that's, I, I, I think that's not great. But it, when if you're really competitive and you're really trying to win, it that's going to bother you. Those kind of antics at your expense mm-hmm. are going to bother you, and I, you, know, you just have to figure out what you're going to do about that. If if you got to swallow all that, and everybody gets to do that. Okay, fine. Then you know, don't nobody gets to throw at anybody, and everybody just, you know, when a, a big bat flip in a big situation, a la uh, Bautista uh, in the playoffs a few years ago, if. If the pitcher's just supposed to laugh and shake his head and say, boy, that guy's really good, he got me that time, well, okay, if that's the kind of game that you want. Or, but but I, I, think it, I think it takes away, it's got to take away from the competitiveness. I don't, I don't see how it could not. Trash talk, though, Roy, is fun. And in, in your World Series team, 87, you know, you had Gladdy, Herbeck, Gaetti, right? Those guys weren't going to back down from a soul, which I think actually made that team a lot of fun because the competitive nature of that club was so high. 
Yeah, exactly right. But 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 nobody showed anybody up, and and so um, you know when when Herbeck uh, you know stuck his arms out and kind of windmilled around the base, I was hitting the grand slam in Game Six. I don't think anybody can fault a player for being that kind of excited um, because that's uh, uh, directed d- directly at his teammates and saying, you know, look, <laughs> we're going to win this game. We're going to win game six. We're going to live to get to game seven. You know, for Kirby to hit that home run and pump his fist, you know, around the bases, that's, that's okay. But it's, it's the um, derivative of strutting at, 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 somebody else's expense i think that's that's just hard for competitive guys to stomach and it's it 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 it's just it just is i guess i should stop that's hard to stomach and if if it's easy to stomach then you know i i don't think it's i I don't think it's as competitive i don't you know so herbeck and gaetti uh and gladden never showed anybody up but they sure wouldn't have taken being shown up themselves. You know, I mean, there's no way. I, I guarantee you that I've heard all three of those guys demand of their pitcher to uh, stick the next one, you know, stick one in somebody's ribs. So, you know, I just it, it, it depends on where you come from and what, what kind of game you want. Great insight, as always. Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North, World Series winner, and uh, we'll do it again next week, sir. Talk to you then. You guys want a lineup? I got a Twins lineup here. Yeah. The Bomba Soda Twins tonight against the Seattle Mariners are going to send out Max Kepler, Jorge Polanco, and Nelson Cruz, Rosario, Sano, and Marwin Gonzalez, Scope, Castro, and Byron Buxton with Martin Perez on the mound. And this is kind of a this is an interesting start for Martin Perez because he's had two clunkers in a row. And Judd's already out of the declared DEFCON 4. I'll be, it, watch, I'll be watching closely if that's what you're asking. It, how, how I'll be monitoring up, closely. How high up could it go tonight from DEFCON 4? Could we get to 3, 2? Oh, if it's a complete meltdown? If if we go 2 and 2 thirds, 10, 7, 7, 4, 1, yeah, we're dropping a DEFCON. Oh, yeah. Like one level, two levels. What, no, I, I, Def, DEFCON 2 is very close to uh, pitching war. Right. So I'm not going there yet. But it's DEFCON 4 now. DEFCON 5 is no problems. Odo is a DEFCON 5. Everything's fine there. DEFCON 4 is... Uh, well, why do people say DEFCON 5 when they mean panic? Because they don't know what they're talking about. Because they don't know. Yeah. And Odorizzi, I did not know for a long time. When you say Odorizzi DEFCON 5, most people think, oh, why are you panicking about Jake Odorizzi? Why is he even on the DEFCON scale? I actually once got that wrong on the old show and got a quick note from a guy saying, you don't mean DEFCON 5, you mean DEFCON 1. And so, but if he if he struggles, if Perez struggles a lot, I'm not gonna take this lightly. The other thing people get wrong all the time is when they say I, I could care less. Yeah, True. it's I couldn't could care, less. care less. Yeah, I could yeah. not care less. There are, there are right. things that I care more about. I would constantly correct my former co-host on that, <laughs> and he would respond with I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. Derek Falvey had some things to say to The Athletic about the Twins' activities with Craig Kimbrell. And looking ahead to the trade deadline, we'll get to that. When we come back here, let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota. A pothole update, at least on my drive to and from work. They definitely patched up some of the potholes, but sometimes the damage is already done. 
your car gets out of alignment, tire wear, poor handling, all the result of pothole season, which, again, hopefully is over now. But Luther Brookdale Toyota has a full-time dedicated tire specialist on staff. So you can bring your car in, make sure that uh, your alignment is good to go, that your tires are safe on the roads this summer. And while you're at it, ask about some of the uh, specials right now and uh, some of the, 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 the Highlanders, the Siennas, the Tundras, 0% financing for 60 months on all three of those. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Uh, I've been in a lot of offenses, so as far as like me liking or disliking, never really mattered. Um, it's more so, uh, you know, just adjusting to my new offense. And, you know, it's not necessarily whether I like it or not. I've never had any complaints. More so, just you know, whatever route you get, whatever route gets called, I run it. You know, so as far as like liking, I don't really get into all that. That's Stefan Diggs, Vikings wide receiver at OTAs earlier today. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Go get that app. You can uh, listen to us live. You can download and subscribe to your favorite podcast, leave your five-star ratings, leave your comments. The more you listen live, the better chance you have to win rewards from us because we love you here at Score North, and it's your one-stop shop for all the written content from scorenorth.com, including columns from our very own Judd Zelgad. And I'm sure there are observations from a lot of observations. Vikings OTAs up there today. Colin and I both, yes. One of the observations from Vikings OTAs today was uh, Stefan Diggs short shorts. That's kind of where we started the show today, inadvertently. Yeah, we're trying to track down some guests to talk about his short shorts, too. So. We're working on it. Yeah. We're working on it. Um, so it inspired me to start a poll because I refuse to go to short shorts. I will never go to short shorts for the entirety of my life. And I think most people who know me are probably happy about that. But that seems to be where the style is trending Higher and higher shorts. So I put a Twitter poll out there at Rami is tweeting, and I gave you four options below the knee, at the knee, just above the knee, I show some thigh. Those were your four options as far as how long your shorts are. Uh, 11% of the 214 votes say below the knee. Wow, you're in the minority. 40% say at the knee. Now, for me, like like a cargo short, which I still wear cargo shorts. I don't care what fashion says about that either. Oh, yeah. That's classic at, Milwaukee guy. That's at the knee, like, but like basketball shorts and stuff like that below the knee, flowing like the Fab Five or Michael Jordan. And, and, and I'm not changing that. I refuse to. Just above the knee has 43 percent of the uh, 214 votes. I show some thigh. Only six percent of the dudes out there. Wow, show, confident. That's a, a confident six percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or or a very tall. That's possible, too. That's also possible. I don't like that one. The showing some thigh? Yeah, I don't think it's necessary. I think that's where we're headed, though. I it's, love it. it's definitely where football players are headed. In fact, have you guys seen Saquon Barkley at practice the last couple if of years? If I had those thighs, though, I'd be walking around in, like, boxer briefs 24-7. Like, that's, that's something worth seeing. It's like, light, it's like light poles coming out of... <laughs> fabric or something i don't even know but i live in uptown which is kind of trendy and chic and cosmopolitan and <laughs> i'm seeing a lot of dudes walking it's more well, hipster well, than trendy is mm, certain parts of uptown. i see a lot of young professionals maybe it's just my part of uptown but i see a lot of young professionals and uh <laughs> we're in when they're in their casual wear i'm seeing a lot of thigh a lot of pale really? a lot of pale white thigh going around going around uptown right now i feel like if, if you play professional sports you can do whatever you want right because you're probably sure. in extremely good shape. Just look at Russell Westbrook. And you're chiseled, and yeah, and you look great. But that does not apply to society. <laughs> like, take a look at yourself in the mirror and then say, do I belong in those clothes? Are you saying if you wear short shorts, you don't belong in society? 
I I'm saying say, if you think that your body qualifies for that, I suggest that you get a second opinion okay. by think, going in front of yeah, what the Yeah, what John is saying is the general population can't pull off the short short Got it. for the most part. Because, yeah, exactly right. Right. Yeah. So We're only talking about guys here, right? I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, no, I mean, people across the board is fine. <laughs> Let, uh-uh, uh-uh. 2019, baby, we're talking about everybody. I'm not discriminating. No, no. The same thing I told my wife when she gave me grief for being afraid of fire and not grilling. And I said, sweetheart, I do the dishes. You grill. I'm afraid of fire. 2019. No double standards here. No, I, I want man, woman, and child. Go look in the mirror and say, do I look good in this? Really? And if the answer is no, I really don't. Don't wear it. Can you can you be too skinny for a short short? I feel like you guys are crippled by what other people think. I, I feel like you guys are perpetuating it's not this that. feeling of of worrying too much about what other it's people think. It's not that. Think. It's so we this this falls under the the, the t-shirt the, and the, the discussion of thing. this falls under the discussion of not going out in public shirtless. Yeah. It's not that I care necessarily what people think. It's that when they look at me with my shirt off and they think, ew, gross, that guy should not be walking around with his shirt off, they're right. They're right. But they, but I, I agree with them. It's not, it's not that I'm afraid of their judgment. Go ahead and ju- I do a lot of things that you can go ahead and judge, yeah. and I don't care. But if you're right, you're right, okay? And I have no business walking around without a shirt or in short shorts. Don't, don't, sell, don't sell yourself short here, though. No, no, this is all based on one thing. I hold myself to the standard that I hold the rest of society. It would be unfair for me to go out shirtless and be like, I look good with my gut, but I don't want you doing the same thing. Yeah, if I saw a guy with my physique, I'd be repulsed. I'd be like, ew, gross. Put a shirt on, dude. I'm going to gleefully buy some short bathing suit shorts. <laughs> no, no, please just, don't. Just wander around <laughs> hold Lake on a Calhoun second. or whatever it's called now. No shirt. Shirtless. Stefan Digg short shorts. I'm going to parade around just for you guys. Shirtless just to show you in, that I can. Shirtless in roller speedo. skates, maybe? I don't know if I'll go roller skates. Go, but. go circa 1978. <laughs> roller skates, short shorts, tight little midriff shirt. Oh, Participate man. in the poll. At Robbie is tweeting. Okay. I also retweeted it. Hold on. The, I got to go on and score do Score North account. Uh, real quick here, because we did tease it, and he did say some things. Like I'm sifting through the Derek Falvey Q&A with Dan Hayes, and Dan Hayes asks... A lot of questions that fans want answers to, and I think I think Derek does a really good job of just like generalizing his answers. Thad came on the Score North Twin Show last week and basically said, "Yeah, we were in on Kimbrel, and uh, well, here's why it didn't work out." If you want that interview, Score North Twin Show anywhere you find podcasts. But Dan asked Derek, "Where is improving the bullpen on your shopping list? Like, where does it rank on your shopping list?" And he said, "Quote: We've made no secret our position player club is deep." We're sitting here rotating a lot of guys, and we feel we have depth even in the minor leagues in a lot of spots. Um, I think on the pitching side, we're still figuring out some of the pieces of our bullpen, certainly. We feel at the back end we've got some good performances and that uh, have gone more recently probably not as well as we'd hope. Meaning uh, yeah, a couple guys have gotten rocked recently, and it makes us uncomfortable. I'm just going to translate this for you guys. <laughs> But all of this, all of this in reality is part of a normal 162 games. You're going to have some nights that don't go quite as well as you'd hope. Translation, eh, we're still a little bit nervous. I think we are focused on potential opportunities in the pitching market, but I would imagine that we're not alone in that. Anytime you talk to a team that's seeking playoff baseball, they're probably going to be focused on ways to add more pitching to their group. 
I would imagine we'll work through that over the next month and a half or so. Translation, we've talked to all the teams. We, and we're, we're burning yeah, up the phone yeah, lines. We know exactly how many prospects it's going to take to get Ken Giles and Marcus Stroman in here. Yep. End quote. Is that what you're hearing? <laughs> That's what That's I mean. what you're yeah. reading into that? Okay. I think his phone was buzzing the entire time he was answering that question from Dan Hayes. Let's just put it that way. I love how it's like, ah, you know, we'll probably pick up the phone at some point. Yeah, I think they've had nine conversations with the Blue Jays already. Their phones better be red hot already. And not out of panic, but out of being prepared and getting ahead of this thing and not letting it get to a point where you need to make a move. Yeah, you don't want to be the the team that's left on the outside uh, of a game of musical chairs here. Right. If you want Ken Giles, just go get Ken Giles. And every day that you don't add another arm to that bullpen is another day that you're asking for a little bit more from... Taylor Rogers and Blake Parker and the the few high leverage arms that you have down there and have some trust in. When Derek and Thad talk, is it like a parallel conversation? How how does that go, Derek? Because you know Derek's super like thoughtful and careful, and Thad's just like we got to get some pitching, dude. I love I love both those guys, and I think they're both you know as far as front office tandems go, I think they're brilliant at what they've done the last couple of years to bring the Twins to. 22 games over 500 and all these great performances like Mitch Garver. and But it is amazing how Derek... Derek is a master at answering with a non-answer. Like, he'll give you something that's super in-depth, and if you transcribe it on theathletic.com, it's 400 words. But it's mostly just 400 words of... We might do this. I, I understand how... I understand all the different perspectives here. I'm going to lay them all out for you, but not really answer the question. But again, like, what what incentive does he have to say, holy crap... Some of these guys who are getting wrecked. This I don't even know who this Morin guy is. <laughs> Thank God he's not going to be around in October. Have you seen Hildenberger's ERA at Rochester? <laughs> My God. My Light d- a match. We, we just had to send him. La Tortuga down for a guy yeah. I've never heard yeah. of. I literally have never heard of. I'm the I'm the president of this team. Yeah. I've never heard of this guy. But but my God, the Washington Nationals—they're playing hardball for Sean Doolittle right now. Can you believe who they've been asking for? Let me let me show you this text message. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you should have seen what Kimbrel was asking for. I mean, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. That guy's a clown, and we think his UCL is hanging by a thread. In fact, I'm going to text you the MRI photos. It'd be great. Guy's uh, a man. clown. What a circus gong show. Uh, Judd, do you have some more camp mini camp observations for us? Uh, I've got at least one more regarding the short shorts where Stefan Diggs. Is that all you got? I've got at least one more. Yes, yes, yeah. Because well, you, you only, your only observation involves the short shorts. No, 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 no. I'm saying it goes beyond the short shorts, oh, but I'm okay. giving him credit for being the short shorts. <laughs> where Stefan Diggs, considering I didn't even notice how short those shorts. I don't know were. how you stand next to a man wearing shorts. I don't know either, and don't notice. I, I think you're right. My <laughs> my lack of observation is really bad. I borderline don't believe you. I don't know why you would even lie about that, but there's a part of me that just. I was tempted to lie to say I saw them, and then I'm like, no, I really didn't. See them. It's amazing. <laughs> Mackie and Jeb with Rob. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, 
a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home. Or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.